My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows, we might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria Blasucci. Yeah, you are. Bitch. Bitch. Oh, I I did um, socially distant Comic Con the other day. Oh yeah, I definitely said uh, it's produced by Maria Blascucci. That's nice. That's good. That's good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. You got my name right. <laughs> finally, yeah, finally. Uh, Web Crawlers has a Patreon, which I'm thinking, like, since we're socially distant, like, we can just add Patreon episodes solo if we want. So I'm thinking maybe this week, if I have some free time, I might just do some random, random Patreon episodes and like just put them up. Yeah. And we have a one bonus episode that I will put out in a few days. Oh, yeah. It's a contra- controversial, a controversial, controversial bonus episode that our patrons will get access to. Ooh. It talks about Celine Dion, <laughs> somehow the coronavirus. So get ready. Yeah. Patrons, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, screenshot it and DM it to us, and we will shout you out on the podcast. Uh, do we have any of those? One, someone wrote a really funny We have one. a couple. Good, we have some good ones. This one is from Cat Enthusiast. It says, come for the unsolved mysteries, stay for Allie's impression of the pig from Babe. <laughs> la, la, la. It's really good. <laughs> this is from W. Kyle 23. It's not NPR, but believe everything they say. When one door opens, another window closes. That's a famous famous Maria quote. That is a famous Maria quote. The truest thing I've ever said. One from Court Lamb just says, Maria... Is the uh, subject <laughs> comment Maria? Period. Those are actually my favorite. Those are my favorite true. ones too. <laughs> this one's from M. Denise. All day, every day. Now that they're releasing episodes daily, all the other podcasts I listen to have to wait. Damn, bitch. yeah. You better wait. This American life. Yeah, first in line, motherfuckers. And this is from Tom Skerritt. Says perfect podcast. Long time listener, first time caller. A friend recommended this podcast and it did not disappoint. 
Laying around, put it on. Making food, put it on. Having a drink, <laughs> put it on. Never not a good time to Hell listen. Yeah. Wanted to suggest a story. Could you possibly do one on Natalia Barnett? She's the Ukrainian orphan that people think is actually 30 years old. Her story mirrors oh. the movie Orphan. Love y'all. Thanks for entertaining us during the quarantine. Zach and Germ. Yeah, we're going to do an episode on her. Yeah, I saw that on the doc. That's actually one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, anytime someone hasn't seen that movie, that's the first movie I've watched. I haven't seen Orphan. I haven't seen it. I've seen, I saw it a lot. Oh my God, Maria, you have to watch it. It's really good. It's scary, but it's. Oh, it's. It is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. It's really good. You should watch it. Well, check it out. I don't think Maria was fully paying attention when we just said it was about don't tell her, don't tell her the twist. Yeah. Well, she's an orphan. Well, she's not adopted. Well, she's not adopted. Well, she's not an orphan. You'll see. You'll see. She's she's the she's an she's not an orphan. That's the twist. I knew it. That's <laughs> there it is. Your your <laughs> head is gonna explode. It's the most oh, God, bananas movie. It's, it's great. It is. It's. I'm gonna watch it again. An episode on Splatoon. I'll watch it again, too. It's my favorite movie. I'll check it out. Cool. Great. Erios also has a hotline. The number is... Insert jingle here. here. 626-604-6262. It's really been popping off. We get really great messages that we play on the mini episodes, so please keep them coming. If you're bored during quarantine, just call, just call to chat. Say an- literally call- anything. Tell us a story. D- yeah. T- tell us your darkest secret. Ooh, you're, you could call anonymous and tell us your darkest secret. And then if it's a, if it's a controversial secret, maybe that's an episode for the big ones. Yeah. Crossover. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Melissa, we have some patrons. Who are they? We have Sam Captain and their dog Dussels. They wanted a special right. shout out for their dog. Dussels? Dussels, the dog. That's cute. It's a good name. That is cute. Erica V, Steve B, and Christy S. Welcome. Amazing. To the fun. So today is a super weird episode that's really crazy that Maria actually knows someone who who was around the time that this happened. This is a crazy, a crazy, crazy story. Melissa, tell us, tell us what we're going to be getting into today. So today we're talking about Larry Ray who ran a cult out of his daughter's dorm room at Sarah Lawrence College. He brainwashed, manipulated, sexually assaulted, and took money from a group of his daughter's friends. How was he able to get away with this? Let's get, get into, into it. A college student accused of forcing Sarah Lawrence college students into an alleged sex cult where he befriended students before turning on them and abusing them physically, emotionally, and sexually. Ray held so-called therapy sessions in his daughter's dorm, forcing them into his cult. Okay, so this is from an article in The Cut from last year called The Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence. And it's by Ezra Marcus and James D. Walsh. They did an amazing job on this story. It's it's really long, but it's worth the read if you're into it. Or just listen to this episode, because we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> this guy, Larry Ray. So a little bit of background on him. So during the 90s, he was a... Can new- I just say before we start that Larry is a horrible name? Like, if your name is Larry, like, the things things in your life aren't going well. Do you know any Larrys? Larry David. Okay, but he's kind of like curmudgeon-y. Like, I, I think of a Larry who, like, I can't think of a Larry who's like... What about a Lawrence? Lawrence is better. Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> he had a rough go. Yeah. I can't think of a Larry who's like doing a lot of charity work. <laughs> if you're a Larry or a Lawrence, call us. <laughs> Larry Bird? Oh, okay. Larry Maybe Bird. Maybe this is, okay, bad theory, bad theory. I take it back. Okay, continue. So during the 90s, he was a New York entrepreneur with ties to some of the richest and most powerful figures in the city. He was even the best man at the wedding in 1998 to a New York Police Department Commissioner Bernard Carrick. So he was like in with the in with the police. But in 2001, he got busted for a $41 million stock scam 
And he ended up being the inf- an informant for the police, and he turned on his commissioner pal so he could get out of going wow. to jail. What a rat. He's a snitch, and he's a rat. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. But in yeah. 2010, <laughs> he served six months in jail over a custody dispute with his ex-wife because he made abuse allegations against her that ended up not being true. So when he got out of jail this is in 2010, he moved into his daughter Talia's dorm room with her at Sarah Lawrence, and he slept on an air mattress, which is like a totally normal thing to do when you get out of jail. That's so gross. Like if my dad tried to move into my Boston University dorm room, I'd be like, uh, dad, I'm, I'm sorry about where your life's going. So there were six other students in Talia's dorm, and they all had separate rooms. But they shared a common space. So I'm thinking... Where was the RA? Well, I was looking at pictures of these dorms, and I believe they're like separate housing units. So it's not like a giant building. Got it. And instead of being creeped out by Larry, everyone really liked him. Because he cooked and he cleaned, and he had tons of stories about being in the CIA, and he said he could teach them all military mind control tricks. So, like, he was a hoot. Everyone was like, Larry's cool, you know? Oh, boy. I don't buy that for a second. Well. I don't buy him being cool. Well. Like, like, oh, so glad Larry's here. Like, so glad, like, no. Lair Bear? Lair Bear's here. Yeah, Lair Bear. <laughs> so he <laughs> ended up moving his air mattress into Isabella's room. And Isabella no, was Talia's 19-year-old best friend. He would do things like sit on her bed with her and stroke her hair, saying, nobody's going to hurt my baby girl. And then in December, the night before Isabella was supposed to fly home to San Antonio for winter break, Larry called her family. Oh God! He told her mom that Isabella had been sexually abused as a child by a family friend and that if Isabella were to go home for break, she might commit suicide. Oh, so Jesus. he was like getting in these kids' heads, doing weird shit to them. Oh my God. So Isabella's mother was shocked, and she was very close to her daughter, and she had never heard her say anything about an assault. She was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then Larry said to the mom, you let this happen to her. Oh, God. So Isabella ended up not going home for winter break, and she stayed in New York. And then Larry started controlling every aspect of their life, like when they ate, what they did, when they slept... Oh he even told Talia's boyfriend to stop taking his antipsychotic medication. And so, and then Talia's boyfriend ended up moving out of the dorm because he was not down with Larry. He was like, this guy yeah. is weird. What was the conversation like when he was like, I'm going to move my um, air mattress into Isabel's, uh, Isabel's room? He just slowly like, was like grooming them and was like, it gets into, here, I'll tell you about why. Why all that happened. So he, the next semester, Larry would have nightly house meetings where he introduced this thing called QP4. It was based off of this philosophy that all energy in the universe is powered by the quest for potential. It was from his friend David Birnbaum, who's a diamond district jeweler slash philosopher. Oh, God. <laughs> Larry started doing weekly counseling sessions with the students, and he started talking to this other girl, Claudia. These are all like 19-year-olds. And she started telling people that she thought she was schizophrenic because Larry diagnosed her as such. Like, he would do these, like, therapy sessions and was like, well, I think you're schizophrenic, and I think you're this. And they were like, oh. And, like, they believed him because they all thought he was, like, smart and, like, he was very charming. And Daniel, another student from the dorm, he was initially very skeptical of Larry. Uh, But at the end of the school year, he didn't have a place to live. So Larry told him that he was moving into a condo with Talia, his daughter, and then Isabella and Claudia and another guy named Santos. And he was like, come join us. We're moving into this condo. And so he did. And so it was six six of them living in this one-bedroom condo on the Upper East Side. A one-bedroom? Yes. Yowza. Okay, so this is what life in the condo was like. Every morning, Larry would blast the Who's Baba O'Reilly. That's like a torture tactic. Tactic. Kind of nice to wake up to this, right? I like it, but not every day. Larry worked as a life consultant to a rich friend, and would often buy the students expensive dinners and clothes. He had a limo driver on call Teenage 24 hours wasteland. a day. Dun, dun. <laughs> Teenage Wasteland. Teenage Wasteland. 
I mean, if someone's buying me nice dinners every night, I'll follow them off a cliff. I think you should be a sugar baby then. Uh Uh-oh. What's a sugar baby? What's a sugar baby? Oh, Maria. You're so innocent. (laughs) Oh, like a daddy, like a daddy's baby. Yes. (laughs) Baby for daddy. (laughs) (laughs) A few nights a week, they would do group therapy sessions. Larry would pick one person to be interrogated based on who did something that Larry didn't like, like scratching a pan or breaking a plate. Like all these weird petty things that he would choose. That's so freaky. Uh, Larry said the purpose of the group therapy was to reveal deep personal truths. The meetings would often end in quote unquote breakthroughs. One time, Larry convinced Daniel that the reason he played the ukulele was because of trauma inflicted on him by his father. The ukulele just got delivered to my house. Larry told Daniel to smash the instrument in front of the group as an act of catharsis. When he did, the group applauded Daniel for achieving quote unquote closure. Also, Larry rarely slept because he constantly took uh, prescription amphetamines. Yeah, he was just hopped up on Adderall all the time. Yeah. I was crazy. I took Adderall for a bit, non-prescription. Me I was too. Insane. It was in crazy. Like, I think it's like the hardest drug I've ever done. It was like I took it for like two or three years, and it was it was a crazy yeah. time. Did life. you get stuff done though? Like, would you finish things? I mean, yeah, like half ha- half-assed things. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do this, or like, I'm going to start cleaning this, but like. I don't think I ever really like finished things. I like was not in my brain. Like yeah. I like I like another personality came out of my body. It like made me really angry and like weird. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Claudia's parents were getting very concerned about her. She was acting very strange. They actually lived a few blocks away from Larry's condo, but would only see their daughter once a week when she would pick up clothes or drop something off. I mean, once a week feels like a good amount of time. Yeah, that actually seems cuz they were on the Upper East Side. In New York, I believe. Um, that's a nice part, right? Yeah. Larry made the students write apologies to him when they did something wrong. Santos had to write about accidentally throwing away paper and apologizing for interfering with Larry's business and wasting his time. He started doing renovations to the apartment, like removing door handles from bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. So there was zero privacy. Ew. Crazy. Daniel was also questioning his sexuality during this time. So one night, Larry made Isabella make out with Daniel, and then eventually that turned into sex where Larry would watch. Yucky. It turned into a regular occurrence, and Larry would even participate sometimes. Oh my god, that is so it's gross. gross. Can I ask a question that you're going to get to, but it's just in my mind. Where was Talia at this She time? was there living with them. And she was just like, oh, yeah, that's just my dad. Yeah. Like, I don't well, know. he, from a young age, started brainwashing her. Ugh. One night, Claudia showed up at her parents' apartment with Larry and began asking about her mother's first child, a girl who had died at birth. Larry said it must have been difficult for her to love Claudia, having just gotten over the loss. Whoa. Oh, there's a quote from the article. This is from Claudia's mom says, and he dug in until I just exploded crying. He was trying to break us down. She was on his team, meaning Larry, and her father and I were on another team. She said, I don't believe you, mom. I don't believe you could have loved me because of her. They're talking about her firstborn that died. And then Claudia left with Larry, and that's when we knew he had total control over her. Oi, scary. There's also a bunch of violence. Talia missed her deadline to apply for Stanford Law School, And Larry blamed Daniel for intentionally trying to sabotage her. So Larry took a bunch of aluminum foil and made them into little balls, put them into a string of saran wrap. Then Larry ordered Daniel in front of everyone to wrap it around his ball sack. Then Larry started twisting it, cutting off circulation and and watching it like dig into his skin. Yeah. Larry also would put Santos into a chokehold till he passed out. He made he made Daniel put on a dress, go to the mall. Oh, go get the mail. <laughs> <laughs> go to the mall. <laughs> go get the mail. And then gave him a dildo and told him to penetrate himself. 
I mean, Larry doesn't seem like cool Larry anymore. No, he's non-cool Larry. After that, Daniel moved out of the condo. Yeah. Yeah. Santos introduced Larry to his older sisters, uh, Yalitza and Felicia. They started coming over to the condo to hang out with Santos and Larry. If I was Santos, I would be like, I'm not having my sisters over. Like, I know. It's crazy that he was like, come come hang out with this guy, Larry. He's really cool. Yeah. Um, he ties strings around people's balls yeah. <laughs> um, and sodomizes them with dildos. Yalitza was an undergrad at Columbia and Felicia was a graduate of Harvard and had a medical degree from Columbia. Yeah. So they were like smart. Yeah. Felicia moved to Los Angeles to start her residency and she was still in contact with Larry. He was telling her that people were after her. He would talk to her about his connections to the police commissioner and the CIA He brainwashed her into being extremely paranoid, so she quit her residency and moved back to New York to be with Larry. Yeah. They started a romantic relationship soon after. Larry referred to both Isabella and Felicia as his wife. Yeah, so he brainwashed these two girls, two women, who were clearly very smart. They were both doctors and, like, talked them into, like, moving in with him. Like, the CIA's after you. I want to see video of him because I want to see what how how he talks. Because I can't imagine thinking this guy was, like, it ever. You know what I mean? I don't know. Not your type? Well, just, like, does he... What's the thing that draws everyone in? Like, what's... I don't know. I think he just kind of came in and was like, I'm a nice, cool guy and was like really helpful and nice. And then he said he was like in the military. He said he had all these ties to like the CIA and like NYPD. They're 19, you know, they were they're easily persuaded. So he just kind of got in. in, That's how all like cults start. Really, you just kind of break them down. A lot of the kids were on medication. Mm. You know, some were like had depression and anxiety. So he would, like, you know, talk to them like he was their counselor, like, weird grooming shit. Right. So this is crazy. Larry would make up things in order to get money from all the students. He claimed that people stole from him or broke things. He gave Santos a five-page list of things he owed him, from smaller amounts like painting tape to an oven that cost $6,000. Oh my God. Because he kept telling them like that they broke things or that they need to replace things. So the total of things Santos owed him was over $47,000. Holy moly. And so Santos told his parents that he needed to pay Larry and said he would kill himself if they didn't give him the money. Jeez. So his parents tried to go to this apartment to see the damage to see like, what is Larry talking about? But Larry wouldn't let him in. So they ended up paying as much as they could out of fear that their son Santos was going to kill himself. Yeah. They said that they paid Larry over $200,000 over three years. And they had to sell their house. Oh, my God. And they went to the police, but the police couldn't do anything because everyone was over 18. The police were like, I'm sorry, we we can't do anything. Holy shit. Yeah. And then towards the end of... Everyone's senior year in around 2013, Larry brought Claudia, Isabella, Yalitza, and Felicia to his stepfather's house in Pinehurst, North Carolina. And so he put them to work installing a new drainage system in the yard. I mean, this is crazy. These, I mean, he wasn't really like offering them anything though, because usually no. when there's a cult, usually when there's a cult, he's like, I know the keys to salvation. Like I can get, I know how to save your soul. Like I know the secrets to life. Like Larry doesn't seem to be offering anything. I mean, he's offering them a place to live and he's like, he does these like nightly counseling sessions where he's like claiming that's, it's just crazy. So he, so he brought all the students to build this drainage system in the yard. Like they know how to do that. That's crazy. And when they returned, Claudia, Yelitsa, and Isabella began asking their friends and family for money, saying that they damaged Larry's property while working on this thing. So after graduation, Claudia began working as an escort, and she gave all of her profits to Larry to pay back for the, quote, damage that she had done to their apartment and at the stepfather's home. That was like his thing. He's like, you did this damage. You owe me this money. I'll take you to court if you don't pay me this money. So they were like, oh, okay. And they eventually got evicted from that apartment on the Upper East Side 
And Larry took the landlord to court. And so Claudia testified and she went on this like crazy long rant about a conspiracy that goes back multiple generations in her family and how her parents sent her to Sarah Lawrence to try to ruin Larry and Talia's life. What? Like she was so uh, like involved in Larry's conspiracy that she thought her parents were in on her trying to ruin Larry's life. Oh my God. She said that the police commissioner who's the former friend of of Larry's, paid her family to poison Larry. Uh, And Yulitsa said similar things. She said that her parents were drug dealers who pimped her out as a child, and her parents would pay a million dollars to poison Larry. And she also talked about a suicide attempt because she was feeling very guilty about everything she was doing to Larry. So Larry, like, implanted, like, false memories in their heads? Yes. Wow. So Larry sent a letter to the U.S. attorney outlining this huge, crazy conspiracy against him. And he even created a, a, doc, a website to document all of Claudia's confessions. And she wrote all these letters about how she tried to poison Larry. And there's a video of her talking about how she would poison them. But this is a lie, right? Like, she didn't actually try to do that? No, it's all a lie. But Larry made her record these videos about how... And she eventually started to believe it because Larry's, like, implanting these right. thoughts in her. So Larry, this video, which is still up on YouTube... It's still there? Yes. It's just Claudia sitting there. And Larry, he's off camera. He goes, are you making this by your own free will? And Claudia says, yes. And she looks like she's, like, on drugs. I'm sure she is. I'm sure he was drugging yeah. him up. And then Larry says, and you want to make this because of what? And Claudia says, because I just want to tell the truth. And Larry's like, okay, how did you do it? And Claudia said, I put it in your food. I put it in your shoes. I put it on your back, on the handles, and in the bathroom. Talking about poison. It's Whoa. the weirdest video. Okay. I came up inside four times. I brought poison each time. Each what What'd you bring? I brought mercury, cyanide, and arsenic. I brought a vial of each. And you poisoned me? Yeah. And where'd you put it? I put it in your food. I put it on your back. I put it in your shoes. I put it on your handles where you would touch in the bed. put it in the bathroom where you would touch. Yeah, it's weird. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, so in 2019, as of last year, he was still living with Isabella and Felicia in New Jersey. Isabella is from... Originally from the dorm room in Felicia's Santos's sister. So he lost touch with Santos and Yelitsa, who have also not talked to their own parents. And then Claudia managed to escape. She called a friend asking for $500,000 to pay back Larry and told the friend that he put a plastic bag over her head and almost killed her. And the friend was oh like, you need to get out of there. So he sent her a plane ticket and she flew home that night. So she got out. Which friend would have $500,000? No, no, they didn't. She called him and was like, Larry's asking for $500,000. And this friend oh, is I like... Oh, I thought she was like calling a friend. No, the friend yeah. was like... I need like, $500,000. Yeah. The friend was like, no, no, that's not real. That's insane. Let me help you get out of there. As of a couple months ago, in 2020, he was arrested and indicted by federal prosecutors for sex trafficking, extortion, conspiracy, and other charges because of this article that came out. Oh, really? That's how he got caught? Yeah. So at a uh, news conference, the United States attorney said, Mr. Ray extorted $1 million from five of his victims, which he shared with two unidentified associates. I wonder who he shared it with. Who he shared. I'm assuming it is probably his daughter or his stepfather. That's who the money was going to, maybe. Some victims drained hundreds of thousands of dollars from their parents' savings accounts at Ray's direction. And he was denied Holy bail. Shit. He's currently in prison. How long did he get a sentence for? I think he's still awaiting uh, the trial. Oh, really? The trial? And so I was like, well, what are these people doing now? Where So apparently when they did this article in the cut, he was they interviewed him. And he was, they, oh my God. they met him and he was with two women who I think was Felicia and Isabella. Whoa. Who are still with him. Yeah. I mean, not right now because he's in jail, but they were after, was right. like a few months ago. And then I was like, well, what's Talia up to? What's his daughter up to? And I found her Twitter account. I remember looking this up a year ago when this article came out and her Twitter account was open. Now it's private, but she has another Twitter account. Which oh, is like just Ray, Ray Talia instead of Talia Ray. And she's on Facebook. There's this video that she posted on Vimeo eight years ago. So Talia has a younger sister, Ava. And when Larry was going through that custody thing, yeah, Larry would tell his daughters, who were like young at the time, like, tell the police that mommy abuses you. So he would tell his daughters to tell the police that the mom was abusive. So he was like brainwashing the kids from the start. And so Ava, the young, I believe the younger sister is like still in contact with the mom and Talia is still trying to get in contact with her sister, but her sister won't talk to the sister or the dad. Whoa. And in this video Talia put on Vimeo, she's like, sisters should never be denied the right to the relationship. To my sister Ava, happy birthday. I love you and miss you. And the video is just like this long video. It's like, Ava, my sister was a kindergartner when we were separated and tomorrow she'll be 15. It's been so long. I don't even know what Ava thinks, what she's been told, how she has even dealt with the abrupt loss of our relationship. Our mother won't let us speak. She hasn't let us speak ever since we were separated. I'm reading this article right now and it says Larry Ray was in bed with a victim when he was arrested. A woman he described as his wife was a victim. They lived in a residence in which Ray kept a lock on the refrigerator door, restricting access to food. Oh, see, that's God. not okay. That's that's, that's where Maria draws the line. That's especially that's not okay. Wrong. That's so crazy. And Talia is now living in North Carolina 
I wow. looked her up on Family Tree now, my favorite website. Mm-hmm. And I believe the house where he brought all the people to work on that drainage thing, I believe this yeah. is the house. It's his stepfather's house. I believe she's living there and she's working as a paralegal. Oh, Jesus. At this place called Southern Coalition. Whoa. It says, sorry, I keep interrupting. I'm just reading this article. It says that when he was arrested, he used his daughter as a human shield against the cops. Oh, my God. Her profile on this website says she serves as a paralegal at the Southern Coalition, where she assists the voting rights team on both litigation and non-litigation projects. Like, she's really active in politics. She graduated from Sarah Lawrence in 2013. She has passion for community, organizing political campaigns. She worked as a manager for a state house candidate in North Carolina. It's and she her old blog spot is from 2007 is still up. Wow. Where it's she talks about her dad and how he's like involved in all these conspiracies. And then Claudia had this website that was taken down, but I found it in the web archives. You can find screenshots of websites. Oh my God, Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) The website says, I, Claudia Jury, attempted murder by mercury poisoning. I did it for my mother's approval. She abandoned me. Now I'm an escort and I poison my clients. I'm angry. And she talks about how she tried to murder Larry with cyanide. And all these people got into Sarah Lawrence. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. Like, like, I only got into one college, like, you know, and they wouldn't <laughs> even have let me in if I would have. Just goes to show. It just it really does. Show. Yeah. It also says that he has a he had a polygraph machine that he would <gasps> use on the people. Oh, no. It was probably tinfoil. Yeah. It was probably a tinfoil hat. Yeah. And like a magnet. And so this I found this quote on Claudia's old website that she has since taken down. It says, instead of distancing himself, he kept listening to me. I felt no judgment or recoil from him for these things that I had hidden from everyone else. That was the first time in my life that anyone had listened to me. She said she loved how Larry was devoted to their community, and he always made it clear he would never abandon any of us because of what other people said or thought, and he didn't, even when it threatened to put him back in jail. She's like, Larry's the only one who listened to me, and like, he, you know... Just, ugh. Yeah, it's like almost like a modern day Manson, except he's not Yeah. I'll say, I'll go on the record as saying this guy, Larry Ray, is not hot. He is not, not hot. We're going to talk to Jesse Ennis really quickly. Jesse's an actress and a writer and a cool gal. And she was at Sarah Lawrence when when this all went down. And so we're going to chat with her about her experience. Jesse, this is Allie, uh, Allie and Melissa. Hi, Allie. how are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, I'm I'm fine. It's kind of weird to be like I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for coming on our podcast. Talk about yeah, Sarah you. Lawrence. Oh yeah, happily. You've obviously you've read the story, right? Yeah. No, I read it. The what was who was the first? The cut, I think. The cut. That was that's what I was gonna guess. Um. Yeah, I read it. Maybe like 10 minutes after it had been published. Oh, wow. Do you have a Google alert for Sarah Lawrence cult? Oh, anyone I went to college with, was sent, we were sent, everyone was sending it to each other because it was like, it's so weird to find out that that was happening like feet away from where you were sleeping. You were at Sarah Lawrence during that time that it was going on. Yeah. And there, there's like a section of um, like dorm housing where you like pair up with a group of eight people and you go into a lottery and you try to get one of these houses. I think there are maybe 11 of them and it's called Sloanham Woods and it's awesome. I loved we the group of people I got to live with was awesome. It's like kind of small, like smashed in little houses next to each other. Right. So even though you're technically in a house with eight people, you're like in a giant building where there's just these separate entrances for the eight houses that you're with. Oh. My the house I was living in was Sloanham Seven, and they were in Sloanham Nine, and there was maybe oh my window in their door. Oh my Holy god! Shit. And I had no clue that it was happening. <gasps> did you? Do you did recognize you ever see them? this guy? Yeah. Oh, I recognize them. I definitely recognize them. I also walked into their house once because I was like absentmindedly texting, heading home, and it's like the way that these houses are all designed. Every door kind of looks the same, and so I just walked into their living room. And I remember like having the most eerie feeling because I walked in and instead of people being like, hello or anything, everyone just like stared at me. <laughs> they were like, oh, oh my God. You almost got inducted into a cult. 
it was so weird. And I remember being like, oh, sorry. Oh, like, and I walked into my house and I was like, laughing hysterically. And I was like, that was so weird. I just walked into Sloan of nine and they just stared at me. And I, that's, that's the only re- recollection I have of who was living in that house. And I never saw the old man though, the dad. Oh, oh really? really? No, never saw him. I was shocked. Also, I have a story where my dad came to visit me. <laughs> oh no! My dad came to visit me at college. My dad's like a fun, a fun dad. Uh, so he <laughs> he thought it made sense to get a flight that landed at three a.m. in New York, and then when he landed, he was like, "Well, I can't go to my friend's apartment right now. It's three a.m." So he came to my dorm room (laughs) and it was, I mean, he and I had a lovely time. We walked around. It was like kind of raining. We walked around campus together. Romantic. Yeah. For for a father daughter date. Classic dad stuff. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we like caught up. I missed my dad a lot. I was at college. And then eventually the, it was, the the timing was that my dad was no longer going to be able to get on a train back to the city to stay with his friends. So we ended up crashing on my floor. The next morning I was like overhearing people say, um, did you guys hear someone in Garrison is fucking like a really old guy. Uh, <laughs> for real, there's like a like a man with like silver hair was coming down the stairs at Garrison. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> wow! They were being like, "That was my dad." <laughs> I swear to God. But it's crazy how you- that how I know afterwards people were like, "How was was this? Were they allowed to have someone's dad living in a dorm? Like, how did they let this happen?" There's a lot of weird things. There were some. <laughs> not the only weird. Like, there were a bunch of weird things happening. Also, the right. way that they like the rules were really bizarre. Like, you couldn't have a gathering of more than eighteen people, so you couldn't really have parties in college. Which I feel like. When I watched movies about college, I was like, oh, you party. That's, That's all you did. Yeah. yeah, we didn't party. And we also, there weren't, there was no like core curriculum or it, they don't do like a, a major system. So you just get sent all these really cool liberal arts classes and you pick three because it's so vast. Like the opportunity, the options are so vast. Like you, the chances that you'll be in the same three classes with even one other person is so slim. You're probably not going to really make friends. Like that's the way I felt at least. I was like, oh, oh there are weird. no parties. I don't have a major. So I'm like studying architecture and robotics and to, you know, some theater classes. That was like the closest I came to a major. It was called a third where like, instead of taking three full classes, you take a bunch of classes and call them each like little in a pie chart. You guys, I'm not doing great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's- <laughs> It, this is not that what is so what happens what is, is you don't you're never around the same people unless you're like really making an effort and right i just remember feeling really lonely and like i had a hard time making friends and i definitely didn't feel like i knew enough people to be like comfortable just like i don't know i, I never really felt super social and i felt like that was the environment there in general Right. So when this so like guy comes in grounds for a call. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, let's have let's build a community. Let's you know, I'm very I have some inspirational things to say. And I'm like smart and you guys can follow me. They were probably like, okay, great. Yeah. And also being like a teenager. And just like seeing this guy come in who's like super helpful, like cooking them food and like guiding them. They're probably like, yeah, this guy's great. Yeah. I mean, my mom, I, I keep bringing it back to the times that my parents were on campus, but like every right. <laughs> have a parent around, it makes yeah. Sense. And you miss home, like you miss you don't your have family. Either. You're like 19 years old, <laughs> you haven't had any. Like, so were there no like RAs or like anyone checking in on these houses or anything? No, not with the houses. There was um like there were bigger dorm buildings that you stayed in freshman year before you got to kind of like split up into yeah. groups and have more of um, a say in where you were going to live. But, and the, like, so the freshman halls had RAs and then there was no one like that for the houses in my, not in my experience. Yeah. So there was no way that this would have been like, no one would have like come in and done like a wellness check and seen what was going on or anything. No, they, they like rifle through our dorm rooms. I hope Sarah Lawrence doesn't hear me saying, (laughs) (laughs) not that many people listen to this podcast. Thank God. Thank God. Because I really need a vent. When we were on like uh, winter break or spring break, they would do like a security check. They would go through all the dorms and look for things like candles and electric kettles and that kind of shit. 
which I got fined for. And I'm like still really holding the grudge about it. $50 back. It was (laughs) just an electric kettle. Let's calm down. Oh my God. Oh my God. So so that's a good question. What were they, Melissa, do you know what they were doing during like spring breaks and stuff like that? They stayed. Yeah. They, you can stay there year round, I think. Or he had an apartment, um, like another condo that he moved into with all the students. Oh, right. Yeah, they moved. And that was in the city, though, right? Yeah, that was in the city. Where is Sarah Lawrence in? It's in Bronxville, which is 30 minutes outside of the city on the Metro North Rail. Okay. So how, I mean, we might have kind of like already covered this, but like, did anyone know this was going on or was there any like chatters of this or just, it was just like people were completely oblivious to this happening. No one knew. I mean, I, wow. once this article came out, I was talking to some people from college and they were like, Oh yeah, well Mia knew that this friend of hers kind of like disappeared. So I think Whoa. all people were noticing was like, Oh yeah, that girl I used to hang out with every now and then, like I'm not really around her anymore. And it's, oh, right. it's just really mysterious to me. Cause it's so weird to think how, like, you know, it, there were a lot of people around. I was not that close to all of them. If one person kind of like bailed, I wouldn't have been like, where did that one girl go? What did you and your friends think? Like when this article came out, I was so freaked out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, shocked. it's crazy. What did your parents think? Were they scared? Were they nervous? I mean, I'm not there anymore. They didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's so fascinating that this was going on and like nobody knew. Maria, I always feel like you have good questions, good insights. I don't. (laughs) I just, I feel like we got, we got the vibe, the Sarah Lawrence vibe. I like, I've got a picture in my mind now. And did you ever, you saw, you remember those girls' faces though, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, (laughs) that was my question. Well, Jesse, thanks so yeah, much for doing thank this. Thank you. So fun. I'm so happy I got to talk about this. I can't believe you walked in on a cult. I know. And had no idea until ten years later. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. You survived you survived to tell the tale. <laughs> Have a good rest of the day. Bye guys. Bye. Bye, Bye Jesse. So I guess like, do you guys have any last thoughts on this? I mean, this is just banana town. Yeah, it's just banana town. Like, I hope he <laughs> goes to jail for the rest of his life. I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, what's what's? The, I mean, what did exactly did he do? He did like uh, like money extortion and and sex human stuff. trafficking. Kind you, of? Okay, so that's bad. I think you can probably get life for human <laughs> conspiracy trafficking. to yeah extort money. Because I was going to say murders, he didn't murder anyone. So I know like you can get life for murder, but you can probably get life for human trafficking. Let's give it a goog. Google. Extortion, conspiracy. Yeah. Because he's going to do it again if he's oh, free. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is just like his sure. vibe. You can only get up to eight years for human trafficking. Jeez. That feels really low. It says... State law, human trafficking is punishable under state law by a prison sentence of up to five years, or if the victim is under the age of 18, by a state prison sentence of up to eight years. I mean, does that not seem super low? It does. Yeah. Like, I would, like, if I didn't really care about jail time, like, I would sell people. (laughs) Well, well, that combined with... Of up to five years. So you could, you could literally get one year in prison for selling someone who's over 18. Maria, if I sold you, I could, I would only, I would only go to jail for like two years. You wouldn't get much. <laughs> Truly. If I needed to pay I my rent. I cost more. I cost more than I'm worth. I always think that actually, to be honest, like if I got, if I got stolen or kidnapped, like I think the kidnapper would give me back. Yeah. It's way too high maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I could annoy a kidnapper to death. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) On that note, Melissa, if anyone wants to contact us or give us more info or like has any like has was it Sarah Lawrence during this time, where can they contact us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Reddit. And I think this week we might, we might be posting on Patreon. I know it's been a minute. Sorry, guys. Uh, but we might, we might be 
just gearing up to drop yeah, some surprises in there. Put up a bonus episode. Yeah, or two or three, or maybe some vids. Who knows? Anyways, I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And I'm Maria Blasucci. Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.